Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Overcast Gamer Show. My name is Abe Foster, and I'm joined, as per usual, by Regan Harper. Hello. And Balthazar Valentine. Hello. And we've got another jam-packed show for you today. We're going to go through some, uh, just what's been up in our lives, really. We like to start the start the show off quite informally and just sort of have a, have a bit of a ramble and a rant about what we've been doing. Uh, talk about a few things we've been playing, and then we actually do have some one pretty big news story that's been all throughout social media sphere uh, this for the last last week. So we'll get into that. Uh, you know, all to do with the IGN writer and a little bit of plagiarism. Uh, but we'll kick things off with what we've been up to. So I'll I'll start things off. I've been uh, you know I live I live with one other person at the moment. I'm not full-time employed. I make a little bit of cash walking dogs on the side, just, you know, you peek behind the curtain of my life at the moment. Basically living the dream. Yeah, you live in the dream. Living the dream. Yeah. Living the dream with incredibly slow internet. And so what what I've been doing, you know, I live out in the Wop Wops. I don't have really people, uh, I, you know, I don't have friends. We'll, we'll put it out there. I don't have friends over here yet. So what I've been doing is going into Glasgow uh, you know the closest. Uh, yeah, it's close. I have Edinburgh and Glasgow both near me. Edinburgh is about an hour away, and Glasgow is is probably about half an hour, forty minutes away. So it's a little bit closer. Sweet. And I've been so I've been he- heading off into the big uh, the big haggis as they as I've heard it referred to, um, <laughs> and and meeting up with some fellow you know video game enthusiasts um, at a brewery, the Drygate Brewery. Shout out to the Drygate Brewery. They're awesome. And had a great time. Had had an awesome time, you know, meeting some people, socializing with people. I'm not generally the sort of person who would put myself out there uh, hugely. That being said, I have, you know, buggered off from New Zealand twice now just because, mm. just because I felt it was the the right time. When I heard um, you'd gone, Abe, I, I was quite impressed. Like to to kind of seek this out. But then I guess, like you say, you know, you've got no friends, so you've got to you've got you've got to do some <laughs> things to meet people. What was it like? Yep. I want to know, like, what was the moment like where you walk first walked in? Like, did you just kind of sort of sidle up to some people and be like, "Hey, uh, what's going on?" Well, uh, yeah, right. So, so I'm an overthinker, overanalyzer extraordinaire. So <laughs> I generally just I can't stop myself thinking about myself thinking, and it drives me to the point of insanity sometimes. So, you know, I'll, I'll set the scene for you, Regan. Um, mm, mm, first, so I, I got off. I'll, I'll paint a I'll paint a picture with my words. So, I got off the train in Glasgow. Lovely airport. I actually really like the uh, the Glasgow Queen Street. Um, not airport. What am I saying? Railway station. You're got off. Got a off the train. Picture here, Abe. <laughs> yeah, there's there's planes and trains and automobiles. <laughs> yeah, I'm already like. confused by this. That's right. <laughs> Let, let's start that again. I I got off the train, Glasgow Queen Street station. Okay. Okay. I uh, it, it was a it was a lovely overcast day in Scotland. Excellent. I. I had a I had a few hours to kill. Now, originally the plan was for me to go and see The Incredibles two, go and get a burger, and then head over to the Dragate Brewery for the uh, video game meetup. Now that didn't quite work, unfortunately, as the train was quite severely delayed, so I was unable to make my screening of The Incredibles two. So we canned that part of the plan, and I just went down to Five Guys Burgers and Fries, got myself a lovely burger. I uh, got myself uh, a lovely milkshake, and there was a dude with a Blink-182 tattoo, and I told him that was a great tattoo, and we had a nice nice yarn about that. That was, that was sweet. Nice. Yeah. And uh, then I, yeah, sort of went for, a, went for a bit of a walk. There's two video game 
bars or barcades as, as I've you know come to know them as. Uh, apparently that's the official term in Glasgow. One is called Super Barrio, which I think I've mentioned on this podcast before. Awesome place. And another one is called RK. That's the, le- the letter R and then just the, you know, Cade, C-A-D-E. Cool. Um, I walked past Arcade. It was actually jam-packed full of people. And I, at this point, I probably had uh, 20 minutes or so to get to the brewery by, you know, the meetup was at 7 p.m., I believe. It was about 6.40, 6.45, something like that. So I was like, oh, okay, I won't, I won't go in there this time. But I just wanted to have a look around and see, you know, where it was and, and um, basically build myself a mental, start building myself a mental map of, of Glasgow. Mm. So I went went for a walk down there through through that section of town and uh, ended up just heading back north up to the brewery. You know, Barcade looked look pretty cool. Uh, Arcade, sorry. The Barcade, known as Arcade, looked pretty cool. And ended up at the Drygate Brewery. Now, when I got to the Drygate Brewery, I went inside and on the event page it had said that a table would be booked for the video game meetup. Uh, went up to the lovely hostess said, you know, what's um, uh, where's the table for the video game meetup, she gave, sort of gave me this incredibly blank looking stare and it, uh, I wasn't too sure whether that was in reference to the fact that there hadn't been a table actually booked or she just couldn't understand a word coming out of my mouth, which has happened <laughs> many, many times since I've arrived in Scotland. It's quite funny. Every, every time, you know, I, I don't get a second look and then as soon as I open my mouth, people just gawp <laughs> like what alien language did, just came out of your gob? <laughs> Um, but it's quite funny, and, and, and you know, everyone's everyone's very nice about it, and, and they're very intrigued, and they just want to chat. I, I love it here. I love the Scottish, awesome people. Um, so yeah, there was no table booked. Um, so I, she's just like, oh, just go have a seat at the bar, and and you know, I'll, I'll let other people know if they come up and ask the same question. I'll let them know where you are. So okay, cool. So I went up to the bar. I got myself a. Uh, oh, I, I asked the guy, you know, what's what's good here? What's good? And he he. He must have gone on for about three minutes, listing off all the beers and talking to me about them and stuff, and just all the brewing processes the and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love people like that. I found it incredibly fascinating. Ended up going with a Clementine IPA, which was really delicious, yeah. actually. Um, I, I'm quite a fan of those sort of beers with a sour note to them. Sure. Not not bitter, really. You know, beer, most beer are, is quite bitter. It literally, literally is bitter. Um, but sour, uh, you know, has has a sort of berry note in there or something like that. So I'm sure. quite a fan sure. of those. Yeah. Clementine IPA, highly recommend. Any listeners uh, who happen to be from Scotland, check out the Dragate Brewery and the Clementine IPA. Uh, so I got myself a glass of that, sat down at the table, and suppose just waited. Now, I've taken... Uh, I suppose I'm employing a little bit of mindfulness in, in, in my later years where... I will, I will strive, and I will strive not to take out my phone if I'm waiting for someone, if I'm just nice. killing some time. I, I just yep. I try try so hard just to, you know, do a bit of people watching, just have a look around the room, um, see what's going be on. Prison. And, just know. be present, you know. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Won't, won't pull out my phone. I won't be a slave to that um, bollocks. So, you know, just, just looking around, casually looking around. Eventually... Uh, anyone, anyone could be a video game person. I'm, I'm sort of looking around it as people move into the, you know, uh, come into the dry gate. I'm like, oh, this could be a video. Cause, you know, who knows? Everyone looks different. It, video games attracts all sorts of people. So, so, like, oh, is this person? This person. Um, eventually, I had a, a lovely Greek lady actually come up and and, and ask if if this was the the video game group. I, I don't know why. You know, I wasn't wearing a gaming t-shirt. I was just wearing my general a sweater and some jeans. Um, <laughs> must have looked sufficiently, you know, n- nerdy or something. But yeah. uh, 
uh, she came up and, and asked if it was, and I said yes. And uh, it turns out she's new to the to the scene, actually new to video games in general, um, and was oh. just trying to, to get into it. So I thought that was quite ballsy in terms of, you know, someone who's just getting into video games to come to a video game meetup. I was actually Shit, quite, yeah. you know, impressed with that. That's that is that's, that's really quite cool. cool. I, it's taken me twenty, you know, twenty twenty eight years. <laughs> of being into video games to to go to a video game meetup, so props to props to her for coming. I along, guess that's you know? the sign of her not being primarily a gamer, right? She has yeah. social skills first, and then gaming <laughs> second. So. This is true. Although that being said, the people I met that night were mostly not awkward, to be honest. Mostly just you know they, they weren't your your basement dwelling types, as nice. you know our, our stereotype seems to revolve around. Um, incredibly nice people, incredibly diverse crowd of people. There was there was a couple of people from England, you know. There, there was a, a Greek lady, some Scottish people, all sorts, and just had a whale of a time. Really, just just chatting, chatting up a storm with people. Met some other sort of content creators. Met some people who are in the PR business. Um, this industry, boys, is booming over here, and it is so good to be in the middle of it all. It is fantastic. Mm. Way to just rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just, you know. I just have to have to talk about it because it's. A, I mean, it's coming to fruition, uh, right? Like this was your plan. Was yeah. To get over there and to, it was. Uh, to immerse yourself a bit more. So that's awesome. That's yep. that's freaking yep. cool. Yeah. Because it's a you know back back in New Zealand it's all well and good we we had the video game you know we're all interested in it we knew some people were interested in it but it was it wasn't an industry in mm. back home it's it's never mm. been I, I you know I had someone on the night ask me. It's funny, she said, it's funny because I never hear any voices in terms of video games coming out from your side of the world. And I was like, mm. huh, yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> we, we don't have the industry over, like, yeah, we have some, some devs who make games. Uh, you know, a few probably can, you know, count them on two hands sort of thing. But um, we don't really have publications. You know, we had NZ Gamer ages ago and they've, they've folded and um, we don't have anyone who's who's taken their place bar, you know, us kind of thing. And, and we, we try our best to do that, to fill that void. But um, yeah, it was interesting hearing it from someone else who's like, you know, New Zealand doesn't have a voice in terms of the video games industry. So mm. I'm trying my best, I suppose, to be in, in one way representation for New Zealand and in another way just just in amongst it all, just in, nice. the, in the European scene. So, I, you yeah, should get a flag, man. You should get a New Zealand flag and just <laughs> kind of wrap it around your shoulders. And <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to assimilate. I'm trying to assimilate, Regan. So probably not the best idea. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take that into consideration. I'll, I'll keep thinking on it, man. I'll keep thinking. I mean, your accent might be enough, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, pe- I, people do. Guy, so. People do love the accent once they understand that I am speaking English. Um, just a very very strange version of it. But uh, yeah, that that's what I've been up to, and you know, bar that, next week off to Gamescom. Couldn't be more pumped for that. So yeah, man, that's gonna yeah. be that's super exciting. And yeah. I uh, I I understand that you're invited to something of a of a quite prestigious. Well, I don't know, prestigious is the right word. But, um, <laughs> you know, you've got yeah, an, event, an event to go to. It's not too prestigious in that all I really did was they, you know, they. I, I won't name the company because um, I, you know, I, I don't want to, don't want to pander any, anything like that. But um, they put a shout out on Twitter. You know, anyone want to come along to our event? Um, I sent them through an email with my, I don't quote unquote credentials, I suppose, <laughs> and uh, and they sent me back an email recently and said, hey, yeah, you know, you're invited, come along, give you a wristband, you're on the guest list, all that sort of stuff. Man, awesome. for someone who hasn't been in the video games industry yet, 
to, to in a professional capacity that is incredibly exciting so i'm i'm really looking forward to to um you know chatting up a storm with a with a bunch mm. of lovely people who are actually you know do this on a daily basis this is their career this is their livelihood um fantastic can't wait yeah pumped pumped to hear all about it from the yeah. opposite side of the planet yeah yeah i think so uh, you know at the moment the plan is to either i'm deciding whether to take my mic along and do an audio diary at the end of each day mm. or simply write up some some notes uh after after each day sort of thing because I'll, I'll be there for three th- um three days so I'm, I'm trying to figure out and i've got an airbnb so you know it won't be a big issue to um Although you probably won't be getting me much from me on the on the third night because that is the night of the of the of the party that I'm going to, so it's probably going to be yeah, less, low less going on there. Yeah, yeah low, low, lower productivity for that for sure. But yeah, those those first two two nights, um, I'm I'm trying to figure out what what a, what a work, but no doubt there'll be something coming to fruition. So keep an eye out on the site uh, overcoastgamer.com for everything Gamescom. Nice. Yeah, so nice, nice, so nice. that's me. And before you know, before before I move on, I just want to give a shout out to recommended reading, which we haven't done in a while. So I read uh, quite a few video game related books nowadays. Um, previous recommendations I've had sort of the Masters of Doom, um, the, the chat about John Romero and um, you know the, the the creation of that game and, and sort of um, where where that game came from. Uh, I've talked about the Xbox 360 Uncloaked, which is the making of that console which is fascinating read highly recommend uh i've got another one tonight which is called critical path and this is by a bloke called dan amrick or amrich i I assume it's probably amrick um with a foreword by cliff blazinski of gears of war jazz jack rabbit fame and he he is yeah he's he's sort of the edgy i suppose he's the edgy um Dev, like when I think of edgy devs, it's, it's Cliff, Cliff Blazinski. <laughs> he's, he's the one who, quote unquote, doesn't give a fuck and you know says his mind kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is called Critical Path: How to Review Video Games for a Living. Now, couldn't be more apt for what I'm trying to get into. Um, very very literal title there, and I'm about I would say fifty or sixty percent of the way through this book. I bought it on on Kindle. And loving it, absolutely loving it. This guy's been in the industry for you know a couple of decades now. Um, has a lot of lot of info on everything from uh, you know freelancing or all, all the stuff you need to know about freelancing, um, all positions and publications. You know definitions of what all the public all, all the all the um, positions. You know if you've ever wanted to know what editor in chief, executive editor, senior editor, junior editor, um, copy editor, all that shit means. Um, this is a great book for it. Tell you all that that sorts of stuff. And yeah, it's just it's it's a really good read. It's not you know it's it's not blocks of text. It's not um, didactic or anything like that. It's really easy to to get through. And yeah, would highly recommend for anyone who's interested in the the analytical side of video games. You know, actually reviewing them and the business side of that as well. Uh, would highly recommend Critical Path. Uh, how to review video games for a living video games one word and he actually gets into the debate about that as well <laughs> i you know i come down on the side of it being two words but hey each their own yeah. Um, yeah interesting I, i'm yeah i'm interested in this book just for that debate oh, I, I, <laughs> there's a good yeah. good wee passage in there video game mm. i'm gonna have to think about he, that it, i'll get back to you he's so- 
sort of talks about yeah the creative license that publications take and and um, style guides and things like that so yeah very very interesting there will be a link to this book uh the you know an amazon link for anyone who wants to go check it out um you can get it physically or on e-reader and you can also get it from the book depository which is an excellent resource as well uh which you can check out and that delivers to everywhere in the world including new zealand um i've used them many many times back when i used to live in, in new zealand and um shipping is free so check check those guys out as well nice nice so that's me what have you been up to mr harper uh burgers burgers <laughs> excellent <laughs> burgers is what i've been up to Nice. Um, for our international listeners, listeners here in Wellington, we have this thing called Wellington on a Plate, and what that is is essentially like a, a city-wide food festival, and it's awesome. There's kind of two parts to it. There's Wellington on a Plate, which is essentially all the swanky restaurants around the the region will do like a, a set menu, three course set menu, um, and then there's also the second part to it, which is Burger on a Plate, where all the not-so-swanky, and some of the swanky places as well, do a, a burger. So you'll get a burger, and there's usually like a set beer with it as well. And right. now now is the time of year that that is happening, and oh, it's it's a special time of year. It's kind of like, you know when E3's on, and it's sort of like the equivalent of what Christmas used to feel like back in the day when you were a kid? It's like, you know, there's special feelings. I'm starting to get that for, for burger on a plate, hey? Um, nice. Did you did you guys get into it? Because there's some people that go nuts. Like, and when I mean like, there's lots of burgers. <laughs> Can you tell I'm excited? Um, when I mean there's <laughs> lots of of burgers, there's like you'd have to eat something like thirty burgers a day to get through them all in the month that it runs. Like, there's a shitload Man. of burgers out there. Did you guys did do you guys get into well to burger on a plate when you were here, Abe and and Belzer? Uh, I, I didn't, man. I, I always, you know, I knew it was there. I knew it was around and I always looked up or someone would flick me through a link and I'd see so-and-so is having a, you know, a really a gourmet blue cheese caramelized onion burger with this and that. And always thought (laughs) they all looked delicious. Like pretty much I didn't see a single one that I wouldn't, wouldn't have liked. Uh, but never got around to it. I remember that the burgers on a, they're, they're always a little bit more expensive than your your regular burgers from those mm, same outlets. That, is that that's correct? Fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I remember them being about twenty bucks or something like that. Um, so I, I never really got into it. And I think at the time, uh, you know, when it came to my, I suppose when when I stopped being a student is when I took notice of it. And when I stopped being a student, I moved out of the city. Um, and right. I started living on the on the you know peripheral oh, um, suburbs of of the city. So you I never really, really strung yourself. Yeah, yeah, I know, mm. I know. I, w- I would have loved to to dive into that because I do love love me a good burger. But Balthazar, you this something you're interested in, man? Uh, nah. It. I mean, it is it is cool. Um, I'm not a connoisseur of it. Uh, my price range sixteen dollars eighty is the most I'll pay for a burger. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very specific cause. It's the exact price of like the best burger I've ever had, um, and I've had stuff that costs more than it, and it wasn't as good. So I set sixteen eighty as the oh, price I'm point. Um, Fair play, man. Sixteen dollars eighty is a chicken, camembert, cream cheese, bacon, garlic mayo, and relish and standard salad and everything like that burger. Um, 
from where? I don't even know. I don't even know where from anymore. It's some random oh. cafe that doesn't. It's not known for burgers. Like it's not a burger joint. They just also had burgers, and literally their menu for burgers was: we have buns. Tell us what foods from our <laughs> other items on our menu you want in between the buns, and we'll make it for you. Um, that was pretty amazing. Great. And it's the best burger we've ever had, and it's sixteen dollars eighty. And I now like. I don't know. I, and it might have been part of the burger on a plate thing because it's such a weird sort of thing. Just they don't normally do burgers, but for a while, you know, they were just like, yeah, just pick any items on the menu and we'll slap them in between buns for you. <laughs> like it was, um, it might have been a part good. of that. But yeah, I've never gotten into it because it is just a wee bit on the price. Yeah. And I feel like there's really good year round midway gourmet burgers around Wellington anyway. Um, mm. like with places like Lucky Burger popping up and stuff like that which I'm still a fan of that place I know a few people had one or two and then got over it I still think they do a mean burger um, and then of course near them as well as a burger fuel and stuff like that there are those midway gourmet burger places all the time that just mean I never really have that desire for something more kind of thing right mm. that's fair that's fair I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a, a good sharp eye on things and try as many burgers as I can. Just I don't know. I just enjoy getting behind the kind of novelty of it. Um, mm. So ex- expect a good good bit more burger chat as I uh, over the next com- couple of weeks. Um, just just could, a bit of forewarning. Could we DSA venture into burger reviews OCB? <laughs> Why not? Why not? This is all working. This is all start, working. Start getting, start getting some, start turning some cogs and get some sponsorship from uh, right. various burger, burger outlets. Regan, that's uh, yeah. that's your job, mate. Yeah, leave it with me. I'll, I'll sort that, lads. Sort that. <laughs> we'll expect some, uh, some audio, some, some burger audio reviews. I want to hear you eating the burger. And Do you know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can make that oh, happen. I want but, um, I want you to take a little Zoom recorder around with you, and I want to hear the whole transaction. I want to hear the small talk that you make. Um, I want to hear the transaction, and I want to hear you eating the burger. And uh, I want yeah. to hear specifically how much they were, because exactly. if there's anything you find that you really like that's sixteen eighty or below, I'm in. All right, cool. <laughs> I don't sixteen eighty just I, just I think for I, any. D- I was just going to say for any UK listeners, we might have we might have been lucky enough to pick up sixteen eighty. It's about eight quid. Eight or nine pounds, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, okay, cool. Mission set. I'll see what I can do. Um, I think I, to, to get the 1680, I'll probably have to barter at the till, which I don't think will go down particularly well. But um, <laughs> we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, we'll I, I don't go. think that's a thing that really works in generally in, in uh, you know, <laughs> most most western cities i, I yeah, don't think you can really yeah. barter at fast food restaurants but or, or even you know middle food mid-speed food restaurants or any um, food really any at all it's not it's not it's not sort of a bazaar selling rugs so you can't um you can't really do that sort of thing yeah, when you're getting yeah. a burger but we'll see and look out for ocb um coming soon so let's get into what we've been playing boys so Regan, do you want to kick things off, man? I see you've been jamming some GT Sport. Um, yeah, so I have been playing GT Sport, um, which is, I can't remember. It, it, I think it came out last year. and It was October um, 2017. Oh, good shout, good shout. Yep. You've got, been, got some Google in front of you. Yeah. Um, so the, my, my initial issue with this game was that it was kind of missing some of the key components that, that a Gran Turismo game in my mind should have and that is kind of like a big chunky 
single player mode where like the gt mode essentially where you kind of play through a career and you go through just sort of you start from the ground up grassroots races and just little hatchbacks all the way up to kind of supercars and and sort of buying your way through it and that was missing in the original gt sport and um I'd always kind of thought to myself, oh, I'm going to go back and give that game another shot. But like, it was just the fact that that was missing that didn't quite um, sort of gel with me. But I've got a mate who's who also plays GT Sport like fairly consistently, and he kept bringing it up and being like, you know, you got to give it another crack, give it another crack. So I went online, did a bit of googling, and found out that they've actually done further releases, further patches to it, and it's added that GT mode into the game so i was like yeah, oh nice sweet. i'm i'm on board with this so yeah last couple nights i've been back on board just getting my get my gran turismo on it's been awesome nice one man is um so my my vague knowledge of gran turismo because i i played two at someone's house when i was about 12 and i i yep. um i three gran turismo three a spec came with my playstation 2 so that would have been about 2001 2002 classic. or something that I, that I got that um Absolutely so my, my vague knowledge of that game was um you get a bunch of driving licenses um then you oh, can yeah the licenses are awesome yep yep that's are right. the licenses yep. still in gt sport do you still have to go through that whole chicanery it, it's actually kind of interesting because because it's kind of online focused the licenses you have to do before they actually let you uh, race online. So you have to do this little like driving <laughs> etiquette thing, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. But the, the licenses as you know them um, are, are, are paired back. Like they're not as intense from memory because I did the licenses back when it first came out. I'm just trying to cast my mind back. I don't think they're as intense as the licenses in the original games, but they're still there because they're kind of one of those core parts um, oh, okay mm, mm, for sure i remember the licenses remember? being brutally difficult well for me back then i remember the licenses <laughs> being infuriating and mm. i don't even remember passing one to be honest I, I don't think i got one license which does not bode oh, well yeah. for my driving skills in general yeah um, that's concerning it's concerning <laughs> but um no the i think what makes a massive difference to the enjoyment of these games is having a, having a wheel. Like if you've got pedals and a wheel, um, they are just totally different games. Like you go from controlling this car, which is just you've, and the controller is just this barrier between you and the natural interface that a car has. And if you give yourself, if you buy even just a cheap wheel and cheap pedals, they oh, they're so much better. Um, I'm I'm actually considering now. I'm not going to do it, but I'm considering. <laughs> buying a psvr just for gran turismo sport because that would be a damn good time i reckon nice one man nice and uh looks like you've been checking something out on tally or uh, on netflix probably as well yeah yeah rick and morty um are you guys rick have you rick and morty so I, i i like the show let me start by saying that i really like the show i like everything i've seen I hate the fan base. (laughs) I really really cannot stand the fan. One of the most toxic, obnoxious fan. You know, probably going to get a lot of hate for this. Um, You know, depending (laughs) on how many people listen to this, I I cannot stand them. I cannot stand it. It's it's everywhere. They're toxic. They jump on people. Yeah, Um, but I I do love the show. I think it's 
I think yeah, it's I don't really... think you can get hate for saying that either, except by the toxic members of the community, because the same <laughs> rational members of the community acknowledge that when all that McDonald's Szechuan sauce fiasco yeah, yeah. went down, that everyone involved, except for the employees who were unfortunate enough to have to work at McDonald's during that incident, just everyone was a complete embarrassment and a disgusting example of a human being during that entire thing. And so yeah, the only man. people who would say that no, you're wrong, the fan base is great, are the toxic asshats in the community that everyone hates <laughs> yeah. to begin with. Wow, yeah. man, this is, I've really stepped on a, on a beehive here. I didn't even know it's, this was a thing. I'm just, so Regan, I just was like, oh, Rick and Morty, I'll just start watching it. It's a good I'm, show, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really good show. It's, you know, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland, both incredibly talented people. The show is very funny. You know, it, it has a has a nice sideways look at... Um, science fiction and is even up there you know around not not quite futurama levels i would say but it's it's pretty damn good um but the the fan base man i can't stand it and i can't stand how i don't know it's it's because of the fan base it's become so widespread and you, you know you see it on everything you see t-shirts you see um lanyard you basically see anything anything you can buy lunch boxes i was going to say although no one really has a lunch box anymore do they um Anything you can buy, they would have printed Rick and Morty on it. And any time I see that now, I'm just I, I immediately think of the fan base instead of the show. And that's my oh, own man. that's my own cross to bear. But uh, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's really irritating. <laughs> oh, that's a real shame because I've like literally just googled Rick and Morty and have just been watching them. Zero contact with anyone other than right now. <laughs> just being like, I've been watching this show. It's funny. It's yeah. good. It it yeah. has some interesting like concepts and things um, and <laughs> wow man okay m- maybe maybe it it's is, just because yeah. i i sort of live on reddit but every mm. basically every thread for anything one of the top comments will be a reference to rick and morty and it does my head in because it's just, it's not even clever it's just someone making a reference right. yeah just a vague vaguely tangentially related to what's being talked about in the thread or post um, and someone will make a Rick and Morty reference and it'll have like 5,000 upvotes. <laughs> I'm just mm. like, what? Time to start yes. stalking all the subreddit saves, subscribe to, and just post <laughs> Rick and Morty quotes on all of them to see Please. if I get the top time. spot. Please don't <laughs> grief my subreddits. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I reckon, Rick, absolutely, like, keep watching the show. It is a great show, but just don't tell anyone you watch the show. That's pretty much the rule for Rick and Morty. <laughs> Enjoy it, but tell no one of it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those like I don't I don't want to seem like a fun Nazi or anything like that, but um yeah I just I really don't like when the fan base gets together mm. for that show, uh, and and you know show, shows there, there's been a myriad of those sorts of things in the past you know fan bases for many sort of things in geek culture can get really toxic really fast, um but Rick and Morty is, is probably mm. one of the best examples of that in action that i can think of in the last sort of five years or so mm. um, well okay well forget i said anything um, <laughs> again know. great show great show <laughs> it's you know it's entertaining um let's move on all righty balthazar have you been playing anything man nah not really um, not really no i nah <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll talk about what I've been playing. In that case, I've been playing as my you know as I usually do one game. Uh, I've been playing Night in the Woods. I always want to call it a Night in the Woods, but it's called Night in the Woods. Now, this is a 
I suppose it's a narrative adventure, uh, is what you'd really call it. It's it's a, it's a game um, developed by a couple of dev houses, but more individual people. When I look at the list of people who have developed it, it doesn't really draw you know draw place emphasis on the developers more so the individual people. So right. we've got people like Alec Holoka, Scott Benson, and Bethany Hockenberry. Excellent, all excellent names. And uh, the developers are Infinite Fall, Secret Lab, and 22nd Century Toys, and published by Finji. So basically, I've never heard of all of those things. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But But, uh, actually, looking at it, they've done well because it's out on PS4, Switch, Xbox One, Windows, iOS, Macintosh, Linux, and Android. Like everything. That's impressive. Well, it's one of those games that is not, you know, there's there's not a huge amount um, going on in terms of you know graphical fidelity or anything like that. So they could they could probably quite easily port it to, to most devices, and power mm. to them because it's so. I really enjoy this game. So imagine a. Do you guys remember sticker books? Did you ever have, have sticker books back when big you were growing time. up? Yeah, big time. Yep. So um, imagine a, imagine a sticker book. You know the art style of that sort of thing. And imagine a a world in which the characters resemble those sticker books on a sort of um, moving background, I suppose. And that that's sort of the that's sort of what this game looks like. Then imagine the tone of a coming of age film, uh, something like Stand by Me or Kings of Summer. Any of those those films where where kids become adults or sort of learn that the world isn't all gravy and that mm-hmm. things are going to be hard. Um, any of those sorts of movies. So imagine that tone uh, combined with the art style of a sticker book and then throw in a little bit of that, um, I sp- uh, you call it mumblecore. It's sort of a genre of film where there's a lot of improv introduced into the dialogue. It's not A lot of it's not scripted. Um, things like Juno uh, or, you know, um, I think Kings of Summer was like that as well. And that's basically A Night in the Woods. So it's sort of like a teen coming-of-age story set in a sticker book universe and i really really enjoy it now it's mostly about interacting with characters it's mostly about the story if you don't if you don't just want to you know if you're not invested in the story if you don't like the story probably not going to be much here for you because there's very little in the way of mechanics um it's essentially a bunch of mini games and a bunch of character interactions and that's basically the game really but um, I'm really enjoying it. All the characters are really, you know, interesting, well-fleshed-out people. And, well, not people. They're animals is the other thing I suppose I should probably mention. <laughs> Everyone is animal. You could probably talk about this game for, for a while, write a whole review, and not even mention that they're animals because it's just, it's just a coming-of-age story and there's no mm. real mention of, you know, if it, sometimes you'll see a handyman um, possum climbing up a pole or something like that and there'll be sort of winks and nods to the fact they're animals. Sounds, but, like, sounds like something that a possum would do. Like if I was <laughs> a tributive vocation to a possum, handyman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, but there's also, it's, it's a little bit confusing because there's also animals running around in the game in the wild. So you oh. see like a, Everyone's talking about this giant badger that's shown up in town, and everyone's like, "Oh, don't go near the badger." Um, so I don't know <laughs> if that's like racial prejudice or something or what, but um, it's yeah, it's a bit confusing. But it seems to me like it's not like they forgot about that. 
it's like they didn't really care about the animal part of the game they were more focused on making a good story and making a really interesting thoughtful you know piece of media that you can that that says something and it, it sort of delves into themes of just you know the story is you play as may who is a college dropout um who's come back to her hometown to live with her parents because she you know she went to she went to university decided that's not what she wanted to do with her life and had to retreat back to back yeah, to living did. with her folks and yeah. yeah i mean it's 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 really quite sweet because no one really talks about failure no one likes to talk about failure very often but hey it happens and sometimes you do have to backtrack that's just the way of the world um this game really delves into that idea and actually has quite a lot to say about it and and you know gets into ideas about um being your own worst enemy and the idea of not feeling like you belong in a place that you once did um, you know, feeling like the world has changed, but uh, I mean, the, the world has stayed the same, but you've changed and, and they're not really gelling um, anymore. And I, I'm really enjoying this game. I, you know, I haven't quite, I haven't finished it, but I feel like I'm um, just towards the tone, you know, concerning the tone of the story. I feel like I'm pretty close to the end. And um, yeah, really, really like it. I'll be writing a review for this and it's, you know, highly recommend. I've I've got it playing it on PC. Had no issues whatsoever. Um, go out and buy it. Night in the Woods, developed by all those people I mentioned at the start of of the review. So <laughs> the people with the cool so names. Yeah. the one. I'm confused here because on the Wikipedia page for this game, which is the correct game, because it says you know it's a story focused exploration game. Yep. Uh, May a recent college dropout, etc. Yep. However, in all this field, it came out last year. Yet, in December 2014, a supplemental game called <laughs> Lost Constellation was released. How is it supplemental if it was three years prior? What? Uh, what? That, that sounds like a Wikipedia um, screw-up to me. I'm not uh, sure with it. We're, either we're way, about... if you're enjoying this one, when it's done, apparently there's a supplemental game called Lost Constellation. So Excellent. Came well, that's cool, because... <laughs> I, I got the lost. I got the. I assume to be you know the complete edition, the definitive edition on GOG, um, called the Weird Autumn Edition. Uh, so I will definitely be picking up the um, Lost Constellation Edition because Constellate. Looking for constellations is sort of one of the mini games in the in, in that game oh, as well. Right. So that sort of makes sense. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. I, I'm really enjoying this game. It, it's basically what I love. Um, on the one hand, I love Donkey Kong and platformers like that, you know, where it's just jump on things, jump on jump on enemies, move along, collect things. And on the other hand, I like really good story-driven games. And this is the latter. So it's it's ticking all those boxes for me um, in terms of the things that I enjoy. So yeah, that's, that's Night in the Woods. Uh, we will move on now. There is a couple of news stories I want to talk about. We'll start with the first one because I don't have a huge amount to say about this, though it is pretty awesome. The Smash Brothers Ultimate Direct mm. was last uh, last week, and Nintendo ran up. You know, they're usually pretty good with their with their directs. Twenty minutes, thirty minutes. This was all about Smash. Everyone knew it was going to be all about Smash, so no one was getting up in arms like they were about the Nintendo E3 um, direct or, or Treehouse or whatever that one was, where most of it was Smash, but everyone didn't know that was going to be the case. Um, so everyone got a bit bit pissed off but this was going to be all about smash they were going to reveal new characters etc etc and they did indeed they revealed simon 
from Castlevania. <laughs> great, great name. I'm I'm not hugely familiar with uh, with Castlevania, so when I found out this the, the main guy was a, was a buff dude called Simon, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it's just like. Because there's scenes with him just like fully buff, just buffing out, like just yep. being nothing but a buff guy. And yep. then it's like, Simon, <laughs> like in big bold letters, like, <laughs> yeah. why yeah. is that the name they chose? Like back in the day <laughs> when they were naming this guy, why did they go for Simon? Hey, like n- nothing wrong uh, nothing wrong with Simon, but it is a straight, uh, you know, it's it's not like Death Machine or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My brother's name's Simon. It's a, it's a, it's a perfectly fine name. It's a solid it's name. It's maybe not like a massive buff dude action hero name you know yeah yeah, yeah it was good but it was a good moment so so they revealed simon uh they also revealed his i suppose counterpart eco fighter what they call um call them and they have dracula in the game from also from castlevania now that was pretty cool i actually think the the style they've gone with him is pretty sweet he's huge compared to everyone else he's absolutely massive um and he can sort of uh, it shoots uh, I suppose they're just balls of energy or whatever they are but the, in, anyway go and watch the Smash Ultimate Direct because I can't do it justice in describing it um, I do want to mention that Simon has a pretty sweet Ultimate Smash where he wrangles a person into a coffin and just sort of throws them up into the air <laughs> and smashes them on the ground <laughs> pretty sweet pretty sweet um, at the start of this so before they sort of revealed Simon they opened the direct with a really awesome little cutscene um you know c- cinematic of luigi from luigi's Man- mansion like not not just luigi but luigi's from luigi's mansion with his little pack on and everything um in the castlevania castle i suppose hunting for ghosts and the <laughs> so i'm still kind of in shock as to what happened here so <laughs> luigi stumbles across what looks to be the an incarnation of death um, he is dressed in sort of raggedy robes and he has a skull for a face and he's carrying a scythe. I'm going to assume he's death. Mm. Death kills Luigi or hits him with the scythe, rips his soul from his body and Luigi, his dead corpse is just on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you think someone's, it reveals Simon and Simon beats the crap out of death and, um, you know, all, all that sort of stuff happens and then, at the end, it flicks back to Luigi, and he's just sort of, he's, he's lying there. And you're, oh, okay, cool, so his soul's going to go, his soul, I think his soul starts to go back into his body or something like that. But, then it, but it doesn't, and this giant moon thing, which again, not familiar with Castlevania, this is probably from Castlevania, this big moon thing comes up behind him. It's not the, it's not the um, Majora's Mask moon, which we'll get to after. Uh, another moon. And just starts crying blood, <laughs> and then it just—that's the end of that. And it cuts away. Um, the internet was in an uproar because the Tito essentially killed Luigi. <laughs> I think maybe they were hinting that he didn't die because his—you could see his soul was sort of starting to go back into his body. But yeah, it but was very brutal. Like it was—it was, you know, it was horrifying. Scythe. Yeah, and and Luigi's dead. Yeah, dead. My favourite, uh, like, mention of, of basically Luigi dying there was that because it was the Luigi from Luigi's Mansion where his mission is to stop all the ghosts and get rid of them, yeah. is that that little snippet of him becoming a ghost made it all over our prequel memes. 
on uh, on Reddit with pe- with people using the Obi Wan quote. You've become the very thing you swore to destroy, but showing <laughs> Luigi going from fighting ghosts to becoming a ghost. That's, and I just love that. That was an amazing crossover. That's pretty fantastic. So our prequel memes is, is sort of a subreddit where they use stills and images from the Star Wars prequels um, to make yes. to make memes. Yeah, that's that's excellent. <laughs> I'm gonna check that out. But uh, yeah, so then we moved on and we. I suppose did we have any more reveals? We had, we had a bunch of reveals about moves and stages. They classic Nintendo man. They were bragging about the amount of stages they had. They were bragging about the <laughs> amount of music they. They're like, um, they had a little graph come up and they're like, oh, we've never had this many music tracks in Smash Bros. Before this is what the other Smash Bros. had. It's like one hundred, three hundred. You know, get, getting through um, through melee and stuff like that. And it gets up to Smash Brothers Ultimate and the the graph, the sort of bar graph, um, goes up, 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 and keeps going up, and then smashes through the ceiling of the graph and keeps going up and goes up to like eight hundred. I'm like, man, Nintendo, you're just showing off now. <laughs> oh man, it's just—it's it's a funny thing to show off about. You yeah, it's—it's. It's, like I mean, it, it, taking a toy to school and showing off about it, but then it, actually, it turns out that none of the kids at school really care. You know, I, I mean, hey, do you I, have a favorite track in Smash Ultimate? Sucks. You're never going to hear it twice. We got too much other shit. <laughs> yeah. You can have well, to play it for like 60 hours to hear the song twice. I mean, the music is amazing. Like, l- l- let's not beat around the bush about that. It's Nintendo music, which is always good. And it, this this Smash Ultimate, as far as I can tell, has music from basically everything in there. Um the ne- another thing they revealed is they have a music player now in Smash where you can just you can formulate your own playlists um, from from tracks. Uh, you can even turn the switch into sleep mode. You know, put on a music track or a playlist, pop the switch into sleep mode, and just listen to the music from your switch, um, which is a oh. cool option option to have as well. Um, they demonstrated this by <laughs> having this lovely Japanese lady put her earbuds <laughs> into her switch and and sort of switch it to sleep and then just put it in her handbag with no case no 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 protector nothing just pop it in her handbag and walk away i thought that was quite funny um i don't think i've ever seen anyone do that or will ever see anyone do that but you know it's available for you if you want it um the yeah i, I suppose that they just revealed a bunch more stages they revealed the ability for stages to to morph into one another which was quite cool like i'm not hugely familiar with smash but I know that this doesn't sound like something that you could do, but I don't remember this being something that you could do before where stages could morph from one to the other halfway through the battle. Um, Balthazar, you're probably the most versed in Smash, I would say, out of the three of us. Was this a thing you could do before? Not really. There were a lot of stages that part of their thing was that they changed throughout the match, um, yep. but stages didn't transition into other actual fully different stages that we know different selectable stages that seems to be new right right no, that, so that's really cool you know mixing things up and, and bringing a bit of uh, variety to the to the smashes S- smash matches i should say and then we got we, we got towards the end of the presentation i think this might have been the very last thing or close to the very last thing so um, we had uh, the, the developer talking about the game. The screen starts to shake a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's a bit dodgy, Nintendo. I don't, you usually have some pretty good quality control. I, I wouldn't have thought you'd let that through. Um, the screen continues to shake, and it's obviously intentional by this point because the screen is, is violently shaking. We 
we we we cut to a sort of the the screen goes black or it does the thing you know old CRT TVs used to do where they'd they'd vanish into a pinpoint in the middle of the television, and it does that, and uh, we sort of zoom out. We cut to a giant agape monkey mouth um, <laughs> <laughs> with w- amazing set of teeth. I will say, you know, Donkey Kong in the past has had amazing teeth, but they haven't been individually modelled. This mouth has canines and everything. It was a very impressive. Uh, you know, Nintendo's come a long way since the days of DK DKC one. Um, we, we, we we cut to Diddy Kong, who's sort of hanging out on a tire swing, and it's creaking around, and then we sort of have a more revealing shot, which shows Donkey Kong laying in front of the CRT television, fabulous moulded buttocks on that ape, I will say, you know, <laughs> Nintendo has a weird thing with, uh, with butts, and you know, what they did with, do you guys remember when Snake was introduced, and I think it was Melee? <laughs> And uh, they they honed his ass quite well, um, and then there was a whole big thing. And now in the in Smash Brothers Ultimate, Snake's ass is quite more considerably flat, um, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, DK. Anyway, great great buttocks on that ape. And we, uh, the, the, you know, they're in their treehouse, and and DK is watching. He's just turned off the television. Um, DK puts down a banana skin, classic DK, and the treehouse starts to shake. It sort of um, melds with what was happening before. Uh, the the monkeys both both go to the window, have a look outside. There, a big giant looming silhouette comes into view. Uh, the the monkeys sort of like, oh, what the hell is this? And <laughs> it's sort of the silhouette. So for for classic DK fans, everyone knows King K. Rool. King K. Rool is the leader of the Kremlings, who were the original villains in the Donkey Kong Country series. Uh, they've since moved to the, the, the Tiki guys and the um, Snowmads, which the penguins in, in Tropical Freeze. But King K. Rool and the Kremlings are the crocodiles from the Donkey Kong Country series. They are the original Donkey Kong villains, essentially. It's always been apes versus reptiles, for some reason. Um, <laughs> so it's revealed the silhouette has a crown on. At this point... I'm going, oh my god, oh my god, it's, you know, it's Carol, it's Carol, it's got to be Carol, it has to be Carol. Um, <laughs> the, the silhouette is revealed, and it's King Didi from Kirby, uh, and he is just sort of dressed up in, in, in garb to make him look like Carol. King Didi then flies around the screen having doing that Japanese thing where they're laughing so hard they're crying, and they're, they're sort of instant transmissioning around the screen. <laughs> Um, yeah. essentially just being like, you fell for it, you dumbasses. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> he gets absolutely demolished by a giant reptilian hand. If you freeze frame it, you can see King Didi's eyes pop out of his head in quite a horrifying still. <laughs> um, and then it's revealed to be none other than the man himself. They did a fake out. It is King K. Rool. So we have King K. Rool from Donkey Kong Country in Smash Brothers. I, I am so stoked. <laughs> I love the extent to which they went to 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 make that that happen. Yeah, as a as an announcement, like, well done. It it was it was pitch perfect. Here. Like the way they did it, that was pitch perfect. And I have had such a fun time watching King K. Rool reaction videos on YouTube. <laughs> there is some incredible. There 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 was a level of fandom. Like I'm a Donkey Kong Country fan. 
or a Donkey Kong fan in general. And there is a level of fandom far higher than my own. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they, you know, they make me look like an absolute DK pleb. Which is, um, which is really saying something because in OCG circles, you are the DK man, right? Like, Oh, I will proudly go out and say that Donkey Kong, it's my favorite series. It's always probably, I mean, I can't see anything taking over Donkey Kong. It's too iconic. It's too baked in my nostalgia at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I love everything about it. I love the soundtracks. David Wise, you know, absolute mastermind behind the soundtracks. Incredible scores, incredible game. Every, everything about it is perfect, Regan. You know, I, I can't lavish praise on it enough. Um, but there is a level of Donkey Kong fandom. There is... So since I watched this and since I started watching the reaction videos, I've been delving into Donkey Kong fandom. And there is fan sites. There is po- there is a podcast called uh, The Kongversation, um, in which they did a... The, the most recent episode is all about K. Rule, and it's three and a half hours long. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going through and listening to that at the moment and shout out to DK Vine the makers of, of the conversation but uh, man those guys know they're Donkey Kong and it's a it's a sound to behold <laughs> I really really love it so after playing through Tropical Freeze and after the the revealing of, of K. Rule DK's back man DK's back in the limelight and I couldn't be more happy <laughs> absolutely chuffed with that so, Amazing. I mean, is there anything else from the Smash Direct that, that, that comes to mind that you guys want to talk about? Not from me, no. I only kind of watched, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I only really watched the first half. Like, I don't know why, I'm just not hugely hyped for Smash Bros, which is a weird thing, I know. Like, uh, people who are Nintendo fans should be, and I am a Nintendo fan, but I don't know. It just haven't really got me. So, yeah, I don't have too much to say on it, to be honest. Well, I'm, I'm the same as you, Regan. I'm not particularly high. I've never been a huge Smash fan. In fact, I like Mario. You know, it's usually Mario Party or Smash, and I'm, a Mar- I'm in the Mario Party camp. Um, I'm not particularly competitive, uh, but I like Mario Party for all the different little mini games and stuff like that. But just the way that they... the Nintendo presentations are always a sight and sound to behold. So I'll watch any Nintendo pre- presentation, no matter what it is. And, um, you know, if, if they're going to talk about Smash for for half an hour shit i'll sit down and watch that because i know there's going to be weird weird things in there that i'm going to glean a lot of enjoyment from so um yeah i'd recommend going back and watching the whole the whole the whole um direct just because it is a lot of fun to watch and you're just you know every every couple of minutes you're just like what the hell (laughs) what what is that why did they why did they do and then you'll cut yourself off with another oh okay Mm. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Well, I'll go back. I'll go back and watch it. I'll go back. And entertaining, watch. entertaining watch. Now, the final thing I want to get to on uh, on the podcast here: news story, hot topic, man. This is this is a very hot topic. So, a small, or smallish 12,000 12, subscribers is not small. It's a hell of a lot bigger than we are. A small YouTube channel by the name of Boomstick Gaming released a review for a game called Dead Cells, um, which is by the French studio Twin Motion. Um, and the game is sort of a roguelite Metroidvania. Um, you know, you get different different abilities as you progress through the game, go back and unlock new areas, that sort of thing. Um, you also lose all your shit when you die, a la roguelite games. Now, so Boomstick released his review for Dead Cells. Uh, IGN 
then released their review for Dead Cells. And, you know, I, I wasn't following any of this at the time. I had no idea to go back see when these were dated. Uh, IGN definitely released theirs after Boomstick. So then it came to the forefront. This appeared on Reddit, I believe, um, by the guy, by Boomstick himself, um, Sir Boomstick. And he released a video saying, huh, the IGN re- just just had a had a watch of the IGN review and the 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 script the copy that the the bloke read out sounds the ideas sound suspiciously like my own. <laughs> um, he re- he he actually did a really solid video showing the comparisons between you know the, the pros used um, in his own mm. review and the IGN review by Nintendo editor Philip Mewson. And yeah, there's no denying it. Um, the IGN writer plagiarized, essentially, is what he did. He Big stole time. he stole ideas and opinions um, from from I, see, this Gaming. Is the thing. I, I think you could go even further than that. It's not just ideas and opinions. He's sort of stolen the whole article, like the 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 pacing of it, the yep. the flow of yep. the ideas, the exactly like the general kind of wording. Like it's not this is not just plagiarism this is like just well i mean it is plagiarism but it's like it's so blatant like yeah i want to use the word lazy like (laughs) that's a really bad way of putting it when you're talking about just stealing someone's work but like it was blatant it's just it's it's asshole behavior is what it is and it's you know when you write reviews i'm not to the point where i find writing reviews that easy yet I find them incredibly satisfying when I'm finished with them, but writing them at the moment is hell on earth because I I find myself like a, a wee bit of a perfectionist um, in that I, you know, I struggle with sentence structure sometimes. Not that I, I can't construct a sentence, but that I want that sentence to be perfect. I want it to flow in this way. And this dude has just stolen all of that. He, he's just he's just copy and pasted this template from Boomstick mm. and. Add, you know, reworked a little, a few of the words and things like that. But man, it's all, you know, the way he his points interweave and everything. It's all the same. It's ex- it's mm. it's basically the same review. Um, Pretty incredible. So in the follow up to this, so IGN they took that review down, right? They took it down. So they, they yeah. So b- before I suppose when this video came up um, and it popped up on Reddit, uh, it got a ton of hits. Um, Boomstick, you know, power to him. He's, he's got a lot of a lot of lot more views off 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 this, um, which is excellent. I think it's up to like a million views this video, which is great for him. So the editor, the news editor of Kotaku, um, you know, massive game site. Jason Schreier, who's done some really good stories, one about the development development of Destiny, um, and yeah, he's a really really good journalist. Um, he also wrote a good book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Check that out. Previous recommended read. Uh, he put out a news story about this, um, you know, saying Philip plagiarized Boomstick Gaming. When that went out, then IGN took the review down, um, so started taking it seriously because you know Kotaku gets a shit ton of traffic. Um, and IGN has this has their name attached to this controversy. Uh, IGN took down the review, put in its place a note um, from what I what I imagine to be their managing editor or the editor in chief. Um, I think it was Dan Stapleton actually who who is um, that, and he wrote, you know, we're investigating uh, this. We will be, re- you know, we're investigating in, into this um, into this shenanigans, and. Eventually, uh, 
it was like a day or two later. Um, yeah, it came out that the IGN Nintendo editor, Philip Mewson, had been fired from IGN for plagiarism. Okay, so that's bad enough. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's pretty shitty. Like, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing. It's basically the worst thing you can do in the publishing industry is copy someone else's work. So he's, he's done himself a disservice there. So, okay, bad. Then he released a video response to... It was basically to everyone, but it was mostly towards Jason Schreier from Kotaku. I mean, he called him out <laughs> in the video response um, and sort of said, hey, Jason, you know, if there's anything else you can find, let me know. Uh, you know, a bit of a bit of a snarky, snarky manner. Um, Jason Schreier then obviously did his... He, he, he watched the video response. He obviously did his own reporting and he also got some tips. Um, people who've... I don't know how they have this much time, but they went back through this dude's reviews and found that he'd also copied sections from a... Well, not sections, basically the whole thing. From a FIFA 18 review for Switch, which he did for Nintendo Life. Um, and he'd copied that from a guy called Tired Old Hack, um, whose name is Chris Scullion, who's a Scottish... Um, Scottish video game reviewer who's you know been in the industry for a long time and, and does really good stuff. He'd copied then basically the whole FIFA 18 review from him. And following that, um, Scullion replied and, and he you know he said this is this is some bullshit sort of thing. Um, they discovered another one which he had done on Samus Returns um, and had done exactly the same thing. So this dude. He's fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, he's basically fucked it, right? Like, he's yep. fucked it as hard as you can. Yep, pretty wow. much. Yep, he's he's hate fucked it. Um, yeah, so he has, <laughs> he he's ruined his career essentially. What he's done. Um, he, you know, the best way to handle this, and this is probably obvious, but I suppose if if you were caught doing this, you'd think what you would do is fess up because millions of people were now scrutinizing mm. your work. Fess up. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be able to hide it. Make a video response. Say, hey, you know, I'm sorry I did this. Um, you'll you'll get. You'll obviously get reprimanded by IGN. Um, you might not lose your job, but you'll definitely, you know, pay cut or or be demoted or something like that. Say, hey, I'm I'm sorry I did this, but you know, I'm really sorry to Chris Scullion, um, tired old hack, and I'm sorry to Boomstick Gaming for copying both of their work, and uh, you know, be genuine about it. Actually not just make people feel that you're being genuine but be a good person and be genuine (laughs) i think Um, this is this is the issue though is you're not going to do that because to be a plagiarist in the first place you're going to be a not so great person yeah yep exactly what comes first so yeah so the the video response he put out has since been pulled down but i i did i did watch it before it got uh got pulled down and yeah it's pretty it's this dude feeling I, I don't know man like i can't really tell if the guy is just really deceptive and and good at lying or if he genuinely thinks he didn't do anything wrong and he's just you know delusional i, I can't really tell but hmm. either way um yeah he's he's fucked <laughs> <laughs> so to sum up yeah yeah exactly yeah he's um you know i don't don't wish any ill will on him but he's not going to work in the games industry again that's for damn sure and for someone who's trying to get a foothold in that same industry at the moment i would kill to be where he is 
you know, mm. we we don't we don't have kind words to say about IGN a lot of the time. We we don't really like their style of of reviewing and stuff like that. But um, to work for them, Jesus man, like that's a that's something to go on your yeah. CV right there. Like, of course Big you'd time. want to work yeah. for the Ninten- be the Nintendo editor for IGN. So yeah, that guy has ruined his career. Um, so good luck Just to once him. Again to uh, to <laughs> summarize, <laughs> yeah. he fucked it. Yep, yep, he totally fucked it. But um, yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about in the news this week. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you all very much for tuning in once again. We are Overcast Gamer. We are, you know, three Kiwis, one of whom now lives in Scotland. Um, And we love video games. We love lighthearted takes on video games. We love exploring fandoms. Uh, We record the podcast. We do streams every now and then. Uh, I can I, I just sort of I do the social media, the Twitter and the Facebook account, and I'll be posting complete rubbish on there um, from time to time. So make sure to to tune in for that. And Regan, we have a Final Fantasy VII stream from you going up tomorrow. Is that the case? Yeah, every Wednesday night. So here in New Zealand, every Wednesday night um, at seven p.m. So seven to nine. So. Wherever you happen to be, you just plug that into the internet and find your own local time and you can come hang out. Um, yeah, it's a good wee time where, I don't know, we're probably like halfway through Final Fantasy VII at the wow, moment. Wow, nice. Uh, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what we'll do next. Maybe halfway through is a bit generous, but um, yeah, come on, get involved and uh, yeah, hang out and we can, we, can, we can have a good time. Good stuff, good stuff. And uh, Balthazar, you got anything to promote um, on the site or otherwise, man? Uh, nah. I'll um, <laughs> I'll be doing. Apparently, this thing's going to become bi-yearly now. Every time there's a new expansion, um, the new World of Warcraft expansion came out today, so I'll have my hands on that for like a week or so, and then put up another review. And I might just do a state of the game review again, kind of like I did when Legion dropped. Talked a bit about Legion. Talked a bit about how the rest of the game feels now that you're stronger and everything's kind of inconsequential. Um, so I'll just do another kind of state of the game on a game that's been out for 14 years now and um (laughs) should probably have a sequel or something rather than just continuing i mean we give bethesda a hard time for not updating their engine but 14 years it's a bit of a piss take (laughs) at this point so um yeah i'll I'll do a review for that it'll just be written um not a not a video um but no otherwise i will uh yeah most likely see people in the chat on Regan's stream I'll make more of an effort to be there when he's streaming and participate <laughs> well, in thanks, chat thanks man I appreciate that that support <laughs> that's good stuff <laughs> nice nice I'll, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and be there as well uh, but in the meantime I think one thing that I'd like to promote is a I was uh, dabbling in neural networks in the last couple of weeks and I found a neat little tool called TextGen RNN I found a plain text list of 10,000 video game titles, pop them into TextGen RNN, and I got a robot to predict what it thought the best video games of the sort of last 20, 30 years would be. Um, I'll just read a, I suppose I'll, I'll read a few off now, um, just before we end the show here, because I, I thought it was quite good. Um, shout out to Minimaxa on GitHub for that, and the um, the idea came by, by way of a podcast called Robots on Typewriters. Um, which I advise everyone to check out as well. So, let me ask you guys: Have you heard of the classic Super Mario Bone? 
from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Super, Ma- Super Mario Bone? Or Bone. Super Mario Bone. Bone. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario Bone, I think, uh, <laughs> is, is the way we're going to roll. Uh, from 1999, released on the PlayStation 2. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's the one. Uh, we've nice. also got uh, such classics here as Lord of the Formula. That was on Game Boy Color back in 1996. <laughs> uh, we've got Rope Limited, uh, also on PlayStation 2. <laughs> uh, we've got Donkey Kingdom. Um, that was 1995. Uh, developed and published by Sierra. For DOS <laughs> <laughs> in 1995. We've got Shark Expansion. Which is, uh, I mean, I don't really know what, wh- whether or not that's an expansion for a game called Shark or whether or not that's just about making sharks bigger uh, remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's 2009 and that has an unknown publisher, but it was a browser game apparently. Uh, oh, interesting. So it could have been mini then clip. It's definitely or, the, yeah, it's definitely the latter then where you just make big sharks. Yeah, 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 make make sharks larger. Um, We've also got uh, Cup Home AOA, um, which sort of sounds like a football (laughs) chant. (laughs) You know, I can imagine a a bunch of you know a firm a firm chanting there as they walk down London streets or something like that. Cup Home AOA, Um, probably not that sort of um, harmonious, but we've got it's quite melodic, too melodic. (laughs) We've got Death or Alive. The 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 little known um, <laughs> third party version of Dead or Alive. Um, <laughs> we've got the Lord of the Rings. So that one's classic. Oh, they just nailed that one. Yep, the they Lord of the Rings it. from 1995 wow. on the Game Boy Advance. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, <laughs> we've got. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we've got. Uh, let's have a look here. We've got Batman Black Ops. <laughs> so <laughs> that was from 1996. crossover. And that yeah. was on the Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo. Batman Black Ops. Of course it was. Yep. Yep, nice. Uh, we've got The Sims, The Lost Compilation. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's whether perfect. Or, whether or not that's a, uh, a you know expansion pack that was just sort of sitting in a dusty corner at EA and they're like, oh, oh, we should probably release this and no one bothered to give it a proper title. Um, yeah. Or it's just about, it's an expansion pack where you go on a quest to find, you know, a, a, a lesser known, now that's what I call compilation music. compilation DVD box set of Lost. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. The Lost compilation, yeah, nice one. ABC and EA together at last. Uh, we've got Metal Gear Solid, the second edition. Ooh. Oh, wow. From 2009, uh, published by Sega. <laughs> so uh, take from that what you will um, I'll just do a few more here we've got The Adventures of the World um, that was 1992 published by Amiga <laughs> the whole published, world, the whole, the whole, world. Uh, apparently the whole, yep. whole world uh, we've got Silent Fun from 2009 <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, uh, the preschool version of Silent Hill. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd really like. Uh, out of all of them, that's the one I want to know <laughs> what, <laughs> what that is the most. Um, and I'll just <laughs> the the last one we've got here is a licensed video game by the looks of things. It's called Scooby Doo: Notical of the Buzzard. Um, 
that's no, 19 notical <laughs> no no notical notical of the buzzard notical oh sorry of the buzzard <laughs> notical of buzzard there's no the notical of buzzard scooby-doo notical of buzzard um and that is developed by plan tanager <laughs> and is published by wizard software wow so yeah if you want to read the full list of those there's quite a substantial list that i put up um Go to overcastgamer.com, um, go to the features section, and you will find a robot right video game titles. Um, you can check all those out. But yeah, in, uh, you know, <laughs> in the meantime, check us out, overcastgamer.com, overcastgamer. Uh, no, sorry, youtube.com forward slash overcastgamer, twitter.com forward slash overcastgamer, and we are twitch.tv, twitch.tv forward slash overcastgamer.nz. That is right. So thank you again for tuning in, everyone. Um, if we've got some new listeners from around the world, hey, how's it going? We'll be back every fortnight with a new podcast talking about everything in the video games world. Always very low stakes, often ill-educated. Um, so hopefully you will tune in. So thanks again, and we will see you later. Goodbye. And that's the end of that chapter. Mm-hmm.